Hello, hello, hello. Happy afternoon. It is Tuesday and welcome back to the nosebleed section again. I am Jace. I am your host. I appreciate you for being here, man. I love you guys uh, each and every time. Whoever's tuning in, love you. Um, so I know lately, and it's because football's kind of dominated the whole thing, right? Um, to me right now, NFL is just bigger than baseball. Uh, although, quick side note, shout out to the Braves, World Series champions, first time since 1995. 26 years, man. Happy for the Bravos. Um, kind of grew up a Braves fan before the Rays came into town. And uh, so the Braves were always my first love. Chipper Jones is one of my favorite athletes of all time. Um, yeah, so happy to see them do it, man. I really thought last year until the Dodgers and um, – uh, well, essentially, the Dodgers ruined both my plans. I thought I was going to get my dream scenario, right? The Rays representing the AL in the World Series and the Braves representing the NL in the world series, but we didn't get that. I was screwed and it may be the only time in my lifetime that could happen. We'll know who knows. Um, anyhow, so quick shout out to the Braves. Congratulations. World series champions, baby. Uh, hopefully we can run that back. Maybe, you know, it's hard, uh, obviously to run them back in baseball, but I think we're going to be contenders again next year. Um, you know, we did that. That was all Hank. Um, you know, the, you see all the posts coming out is 44 wins, um, at midseason, 44 wins after midseason, you know, make the wild card. It's just all these things lined up with with Hank Aaron uh, and him being unfortunately passing away this January. Um, so he was not around to see the Braves win it. But rest in peace to uh, the Hammer and Hank. And uh, congratulations to the Braves, man. It was it was cool. But we're gonna get some of those guys back. We're gonna get Sororka back. Um, you know, Acuna is gonna come back see what we can do with Charlie Morton, you know, maybe pick a player or two up. I'd like to see maybe beef up the bullpen a little bit, maybe add a bullpen guy uh, or a bottom end rotate or a bottom end starter, um, depending on who's out there, who's available, that kind of thing. Uh, so congratulations to the Braves. And then now we got NBA finally getting ramped up and getting tuned up and ready to get this thing going. Uh, they got a handful of games in already. Things are starting to shake up in the NBA, and there are, I'll tell you, there are a couple of surprise teams. We're going to talk a little basketball real quick. I just want to touch on some of that stuff, and then we're going to dive back into uh, some football stuff because, obviously, um, there's some big things happening in the NFL lately uh, with the Henry Ruggs thing, and and now the Damon Arnett, man, the poor Raiders, and then all the upsets that happened, it was – it was a, a crazy week and a half in the NFL as well. So we're going to we're gonna dive into that too. But real quick, just kind of want to start off with some basketball because now we're finally getting that going. I'm a big basketball guy, more NBA than college. But, you know, um, and, and really, man, now that we're kind of getting it going, again, like I was kind of saying in the NFL, I think, you know, I don't really know. Obviously, there's 82, 82 games in, in the NBA. So it's, you know, at what point do you – kind of start to feel like some of these teams are real and some of them may just be getting off to a great start like the bulls like the wizards i mean cleveland's above 500 right now uh the the knicks are above 500 right now and playing good basketball so it's like you know and then some of these teams now you got the bucks and the celtics and the hawks that were all top echelon eastern conference teams last year that are now currently I mean, they would be if the if, if the season ended, you know, eleven games or twelve games into the season, those teams would not be in the playoffs. They wouldn't. Whereas in the West, most of the teams that were there last year are there this year, right? You got a couple of the teams that may you got to you got to shake up the eight spot: Portland and Sacramento and Oklahoma. Portland, Sacramento, Oklahoma City, kind of always. Um, San Antonio, as of late. Um, kind of fighting for that 7-8 seed. Uh, surprising to see both the Laker teams, or both the L.A. teams, excuse me, in the 7-8 and eight seed. The Lakers, you know, they got all these names, and they got all these veterans, and they got all – I mean, they're they're deep and yada, yada, yada. It just – like a lot of people have been saying, right, um, I think uh, Jay Williams was, was the one I was listening to on, on Keyshawn, uh, Jay, and, and now Max – Great show, by the way. I listen to him every morning. Um, was it, it just doesn't look right? Like it doesn't look like it doesn't look like it fits. 
You know what I mean? And I think the NBA is one of those things where, and you've seen it over the last handful of years, and you saw it last year with the Nets, and you saw it with the Clippers, and you saw it with the Clippers five, six, seven years ago. Um, You saw it with the first year of the Heat. I mean, sometimes stacking a bunch of really talented players together it sounds good and looks good on paper, but if those players don't mesh, you, you really don't got much, right? Because when you're when you're assembling all these guys, you're assembling guys like Russell Westbrook for the majority of his career in basketball, his whole life. He's been the primary scoring option. Then he gets to Oklahoma City with Kevin Durant and a young James Harden. James Harden was a six-man back then, and he was 1A. Right, it wasn't like one and two with him and Kevin. I don't feel like now. If you looked at it, everybody knew that was Kevin Durant's team. Kevin Durant's the better player. Kevin Durant's the better pure scorer. Kevin Durant might be the best pure scorer we've ever seen in the NBA. I don't know that yet, but he might be, or at least the most unstoppable scorer in NBA history. But. It was more like one and one A with him and Russ versus a one and one and two, at least from my perspective. So, but now you've got uh, an Anthony Davis that's entering his prime, where where Russ, with thing Russ is thirty three this year, turning thirty four. I mean, he's starting to become on the down end of that that prime, right? They say what is a male's physical prime is twenty eight or twenty nine to thirty three or so, thirty four. So like. He's not saying he's falling off. Uh, and I, I don't want that to get confused, but I'm saying you you got an Anthony Davis that's coming into the mature lion part of his career where he's getting into the meat of his prime. And then you've got Russ maybe on the backside of that, maybe on the on the on the top at the top of the hill type deal, cresting over the other side. And a, a LeBron that is on the downside, but still crazy dominant. Just crazy dominant. But we're starting to see, you know, the Iron Man as he gets older. It's it's expected, right? You know, these little nagging injuries they last a little longer. They they nag him a little longer. They're they're lingering a little longer, and it affects his play. And you know, LeBron's going to try to play through that stuff and 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 grind it out. But at his age right now, it's just it's going to affect his play a lot more than what it used to even four years ago. So um, I think. They're trying to figure it out, man. Carmelo's coming out. He's made a bunch of three-pointers, kept him in games. I mean, they're six and five. Um, and, and the West always is is tough. The, the East now, though, is also tough, man. The East is coming back around. And you see, like, your it's just that pendulum swing. You know, the East was down for a while where it was – the West was just so loaded and the stars were flocking out to the West and it was just getting crazy and, you know. But the East is making a run. I mean, we had an Eastern Conference champion that was an NBA champion last year. So, where you had that big run with the West. But anyway, so, but a couple of your surprising teams, man, the Bulls. The Bulls are seven and three. The Wizards, seven and three. I mean, Cleveland, seven and four. The Knicks, seven and four. Now, I want to see if the Knicks can keep this up, right? Because we've seen this a handful of times from the Knicks where every five, six years, for whatever reason, they just catch fire at the beginning of the season where maybe other people may be a little, maybe be a little lackadaisical or whatnot or whatever, just kind of getting into the groove. And for whatever the reason, the Knicks can just hit the ground running and they rack up a seven and three or an eight and two or, a, you know, a, a 10 and four record or something to that nature. And then it just goes south from there. And then the same old Knicks. I want to see if this Knicks team that went to the playoffs last year with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett, if that can continue to mature into something good. Because when you look at a couple of the Knicks' last wins, right, they've beaten the 76ers, top of the conference, top of the power rankings. Those are the number one. Everybody's considering the Sixers the number one team in basketball right now. Maybe the argument's there with the Warriors. To me, it's the Warriors. Steph is out of his mind right now, and that team is 9-1. and one. 
It, to me, it's the Warriors. But the 76ers, by the NBA power rankings, are the top team. I think the Warriors were two um, or three. However, long story short, the Knicks have beat the 76ers at Philly. Right? They beat the Bucks at Milwaukee. You know, they beat the Bulls, but we still got to figure out what the Bulls are. And they beat the 76ers at home. And they've won a game, you know, a couple of the games they should have won. They should beat the Pelicans. They should beat the Magic. They've won those games where in previous years they may have lost them. Now, the the loss against the Raptors or whatever, I think you're just going to lose some. You know what I mean? But they've beat the Celtics. They've beat the Magic, which they should. They also lost to the Magic. But they beat the Celtics. They beat a team they should. They beat the 76ers twice. They beat the Bucks. One of those 76ers wins at the 76ers. The Bucks win at the Bucks. We'll see what they can do uh, tomorrow. They're going to play the Bucks again. Um, we'll see what they can do then. But uh, seriously, if the Knicks beat the Bucks again tomorrow, and and then the Knicks go to eight and four, I mean, and again, it's weird because I'll tell you, right? I watched this happen. I watched this happen with the Magic a couple of years ago. 2018, maybe 2018, 2019. The Magic come out and they were eight and four. And everything looked great. Their Magic were playing great. Markel, uh, I think it might have been the year we picked up Markel Fultz. I think it was that year. Um, But we started the season eight and four. And the next thing you know, we blink and we're 12 and 30. And you wonder, what just happened? We're eight and four. We're sitting the top of this, you know, this number two seed in the East. We were the, at the at the time through twelve games. The Magic were the highest scoring team in the league, and that was with a healthy, a healthy Steph and KD and 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 Clay, right? Scoring like 115, 116 points a game, and then Jonathan Isaac went down again, and you know, it, and then all of a sudden it just comes off the rails. And next thing you know, we're twelve and thirty. And it's, so you wonder, what are the Knicks going to do, right? Are the Knicks going to be able to hold strong or are we going to get to, you know, 25 games into the season and where we're here sitting, you know, now the Knicks at 11 games for the season or seven and four, you know, we get to 25 games for the season, you know, at that point, are they still over 500? Are they under 500? If they are under 500, you know, or, or over 500, how much are they? So, and it's the same thing with the Bulls. Now, I think the Bulls got some talent. The Bulls look like when you've got Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Nick Vucevic, which y'all, people disrespected my man, right, Nick Vucevic. But Nick Vucevic has been giving boys the business for a long time. And I heard Jay Williams and I heard, you know, uh, I can't remember if it was Kendrick Perkins or a couple of these other NBA analysts, right, these NBA talking heads, talking about Nick Vucevic. This is the year, he, by the way, he was an all-star a couple years ago. They were talking about Nick Vucevic's style of play didn't fit in the NBA anymore because he's not really a three-point shooter. He can shoot the three every now and again, but he's not really a consistent three-point shooter. But I'll tell you right now, he's one of the best pick and pop and uh, and just and just you know uh, um, pick and pop shooters in the league. I just completely brain farted with what my point there for a second. Sorry, um, but he's one of the best pick and pop shooters in the league. He's a walking. 20 and 10, 22, 25. I mean, Nick Vucevic has still got game. Still got game. Now, his defense, that's something to, that's something to real. He's never really been a defensive player. If he had one fault, it would be that. Right? But you've got some legit scorers. You've got DeMar DeRozan averaging 27. You've got uh, Zach Levine averaging 20, I think 26-4. So call it 26. You know, and then you've got the facilitator on Lonzo Ball, and then you've got Nick Vucevic, who can, like I say, can still give you some business down low in the perimeter, and he can still score, right? And then I, I, I don't mind their bench. You know, I, I think they could use obviously some help on the bench side of things, right? Having Derek Jones and Troy Brown, Kobe White being hurt really hurts, I think. Uh, but Alex Caruso, I, I love Alex Caruso, bro. If you're not an Alex Caruso fan, you need to get on somewhere. Alex Caruso is a monster. Um, he just plays hard. He plays hard. 
And when you play really hard and you have some talent, I mean, come on, he's in the NBA for a reason, right? Um, so yeah, you, you, that's kind of you, you've got your you, you know. My thing is with some of your top teams that we know that should be there, right? How scary are the Warriors going to look when Clay gets healthy? Because Clay's getting ready. To, Clay's due back any day. And Gary Payton Jr. has pogo sticks for legs. That man is up there. That boy can get up, and he will put you on a poster quick. And I love it, man. And then Steph, like I said, man, Steph dropped 50 and 10 the other night. Yeah, last night. I mean, what, what is that? I mean, that dude is just on another level. Steph's 33. It's crazy. It's crazy. Think about that, man. All these players are getting older. LeBron, 37. Steph, 33. KD getting up there, 34, 35. Not too much longer, man, for, for a lot of – these all-time greats. You know, it seems like that's my, I wouldn't say my youth, right? Because that was in my early 20s, mid-20s when Steph came in the league. So, early 20s. So, I mean, it, but, you know, you, you kind of, it's, it's crazy that you, you blink and you realize how fast time goes. Um, but, yeah, the Warriors 9-1. I mean, that's a, and they dominated the Hawks last night. And Steph almost had a triple double with 50 points. I mean, seven rebounds, right? And they say close enough with horseshoes and hand grenades, but close enough for, I mean, for the dude to be balling like he is. I mean, and they, they beat some teams. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Clippers. Another one. And they beat, we'll see what the Hornets can do, but they beat the Hawks. I mean, now they beat a couple teams they should. The Rockets aren't very good. The Pelicans aren't very good. The Thunder shouldn't be very good. So, I mean, they, they beat some of those teams, but you wait till Clay comes back. I mean, Draymond averaging seven, seven assists a game. Curry, tw- 27 and a half points. This team may be real. This team may be real. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So, good things happen in the NBA. Obviously, we're, we got to wait. You know, we're going to, we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep, um, you know, seeing what's going on and, and it's exciting, man. Um, I'm excited for the Hornets. I'm, you know, the magic are a really young team. The magic are a really young team. And I, I just, I'm in this weird spot, man, where I didn't think I would ever do something like this, but I'm really, really, really considering flip flopping teams here. Really, really doing it. And I get it. The magic are just young. And, and I, Cole Anthony, I think is got a lot of potential, right? Cole Anthony, I think is going to be great. Averaging 20 and five this year, going nuts. And I I think I'm always, no matter what I do, I think I'm always going to have a little bit of love for the magic. And they drafted Franz Franz Wagner and they drafted Jalen Suggs. And I like both of those picks. It's just, man, I've just watched this franchise just, I mean, completely screw it up and screw it up and screw it up and screw it up and screw it up. You know, all the, I think what really turned me off, man, is when we, you know, 2015, the Magic starting roster was Alfred Payton, Victor Oladipo, Tobias Harris, Aaron Gordon, and Nick Vucevic. All pretty solid players now. You know, we had Evan Fournier coming off the bench back then. I mean, we, it was a solid team. And then, you know, trades and we do things like sign, you know, uh, Bismack Biombo to $70 million contract, knowing he's going to be a backup. Knowing he's going to be a backup. After all, and trading for Serge Ibaka for what? Serge Ibaka? Serge Ibaka wasn't doing nothing. No one, that wasn't Oklahoma City Serge Ibaka. That wasn't 2011 Serge Ibaka you traded for. That was a much, I mean, it, it just wasn't, it was just bad move after bad move after bad move. And I'm, I just got sick of it. So, I mean, I'm not there yet, right? But now, like I said, I live in the Charlotte area. The Hornets got a, a, a young team that's exciting. I can go to the games. 
you know, I'm kind of growing a love for the Hornets, and I'm angry at I'm, I'm angry at uh, at Orlando. Orlando's like the main squeeze, and then I feel like Charlotte is like the side chick right now. You know what I mean? But not that I have side chicks. I don't. But I guess that just be my my the best way to describe it, for lack of better scenarios. You know, but we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. We're gonna talk some football. We're gonna switch it up. Craziness in the NFL this this uh, past week. The Henry Ruggs thing, man. I'm gonna touch on it. Um, I think everybody makes bad decisions. Everybody makes poor decisions. You really don't know why. And I'm, I'm sure Henry Ruggs, if you asked him, he really can't even explain why he decided to hop in his Corvette and drive that night. Now, there's no excuse, right? And and there was a young woman's life that was taken completely unnecessarily because at the same time, you're Henry Ruggs. I mean, any Uber driver, executive Uber I mean, most people would have figured out a way to get you to your house safely without putting you behind the wheel of your Corvette intoxicated. Unfortunately, he he decided to make that decision and a young woman's life was taken. I, I pray for, for really both families involved. I feel really bad for that young woman. I feel really bad for the young woman's family because she was taken too early, 23 years old, had her whole life ahead of her. And I feel bad for Henry Ruggs. Yes, he made a bad decision. Yes, he shouldn't have done what he did. But I, I still, it's a young kid, man. And that kid has worked, I'm sure he's worked hard, hard for everything he has and everything he did. And he accomplished so much to get to the NFL and a bright young talent in the NFL. And now, I mean, he's probably going to be going to prison for a little while. And you, you can pretty much... It's not one thing where he's going to be going to go to jail for a year or two, and then and then maybe you see him back in the NFL. I, I I think he's going to be going to prison for a long time, and I think the next time we hear about Henry Ruggs will be the day that he is released, and then everybody will be like, "Oh yeah, that was that potential NFL star that had you know had some great talent and made a bad decision," and you hate it, and I and I hope that. You know, it made, it made me sad for, again, both sides. It, but it made me sad just to think about it. You know, think about it just, yeah, terrible situation. So, but it was crazy to see. I mean, the Raiders have been hit hard, man. Then you got the Damon Arnett situation. They're another first-round pick, you know, where he's – he gets suckered in, man. These internet trolls, you got to watch them. Thank God. Thank God nobody like really, you know, my podcast obviously isn't big enough to get, have internet trolls dissing me and telling me how bad I suck. Um, but they're there. And if you have any kind of notoriety, notor, notoriety, 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 um, they'll find you, you know? And, and apparently it was some young kids that were even, they weren't even 18, you know, some, some teenage kids that were, on Reddit or whatever and, and found a way to, to troll them and, and got to him and, and you know, they were talking, talking crap and trolling him. And finally he fed up with it. And next thing you know, he's flashing weapons, ARs and AK 47s and other kinds of uh, a pistol and all kinds of, you know, brain, just all kinds of firearms and, and was threatening to end these kids lives. And I mean, you know, like Mike Mayock from the Raiders said, you, you just can't have it. You you can't have that. And you know, hopefully, like they said, maybe, maybe hopefully the kid can turn his life around and he can get some something straight. And you know, I don't obviously don't know him personally. I, I'm not a Raiders media guy, so and nobody's really said much about Damon Arnett that I've seen negatively or positively. So I don't know if it's one of these things where. You know, he's always kind of had an attitude or always had a, you know, you could kind of tell he was just a maybe a little bit of a problem child, um, if not held under a, a tight thumb. I, I, I don't know that, you know, he could have been a great guy and just, I mean, who knows? He could have been drunk. He could have, you know, not been in his, you know, he could have been intoxicated and some, some, or he just having a bad week, you know, 
Twitter trolls get to you and, you know, but that still doesn't give you the right man to start threatening people's lives and flashing guns and telling people to pull up and sending your address. And I mean, man, that's just, you're going a little too far there, going a little too far there. Right. So I just think just stop. Don't read the comments. Like don't read the comments. Who cares? Like who cares what you're doing, David Arment? Like the only people that you should be worried about caring what you're doing is like your friends, family, like close people that, that, that you care about. And then the team. And your coaches and your training staff, right? Those are really, other than that, man, you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars, to play a game that you love to do. Like, maybe not fuck that up, right? And you're not, and I get it. Maybe some of these guys, they're young. They, they think that they're, you know, 10 foot tall and bulletproof. I know I did when I was 22, 23, and I wasn't handed you know, a $3 million signing bonus. And I wasn't getting paid, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands or, you know, a million dollars or $2 million or $10 million a year to play football or play baseball or play basketball. I was in the military. I was, you know, I went to war, but that'll make you feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof. So, I mean, I, I kind of get the feeling, but it's still not something you can have Raiders, man, between John Gruden and Henry Ruggs and now Damon Arnett. And, whew, they've had a rough one. They've had a rough shakeout. And, uh, I mean, you don't uh, – I, I mean, I, I fully expected them. I, I almost took them in the – you know, in a survivor pool that I have this week. It, but just when you compiled all that up, man, I just didn't see how they were going to be able to pull out a win on the road against the Giants. Giants one of those teams where, yeah, they're three and six, but they play everybody tough, it seems like. You know, it seems like the Giants – the Giants could have a lot more wins than they do, or a few more wins than they do, but they find a way to screw it up. Yeah, you know, they find a way to turn the ball over or make some bad plays or you know bad defensive plays or a penalty here, penalty there, and they just figure out a way to screw it up. Um, See, so yeah, I mean, the Raiders just had a tough one. I hope um, – but I think they got a good leader, man. I love the video that Derek Carr put out. I think – I like that guy, you know. I think he's. I think everything he said was genuine too. Um, I like that guy. If I'm if I'm a football coach or I'm a GM or I'm an owner of a football team and I see my starting quarterback get up there and say some things like that and and some of the things that he said with the John Gruden thing before and after all that came out and and then with the Henry Ruggs thing, I, I just think if if you I mean if you're looking leadership wise, bam, Derek Carr. Derek Carr is the kind of guy kind of leader you want because i think they're going to be okay i think even at five and three right now i think they're going to be okay with him at the helm you know I, they're going to have to find a coach but i think you know they got they got the chiefs coming up that's a winnable game the Bengals over the last two weeks have looked a little bit shaky that's a winnable game the cowboys they have a terrible defense you can even though they got they got digs that's out there picking picking balls off and they can get sacks every now and again for the most part, the Raiders, I think, got a pretty decent offensive line. The, the Cowboys, that's a winnable game. So now you're talking about going from five and three. Your next three are winnable. Say you even go two and one in those. Now you're sitting at seven and four. If you win all three, now you're eight and, eight and three with another divisional win or with another win in the division up there. So I think, you know, and then Washington and then the Chiefs again. Really, your next five games for the Raiders are all winnable. You know, if you can get a three and two in those next, you eight and five, you're sitting in a pretty spot. You're sitting in a pretty spot in the AFC this year. So, I mean, to end out their season from this point forward, Chiefs, winnable game. Bengals, winnable. Cowboys, winnable. Washington, winnable. Chiefs, winnable. Browns, Broncos, Colts. Those are 50-50 games for the Raiders. So, I mean, this, the schedule's favorable for them. I I think they're going to end up – I think they're going to come out okay. I think the Raiders are going to be okay, like I said, with a leader like like uh, Derek Carr is. I think they're going to end up shaking out all right. Um, big shout-out to the Jacksonville Jaguars for my survival pool part because they were able to upset the Buffalo Bills. Love it. 9-6. Super exciting game. Don't know if you watched it. I didn't. Um, but we had some Josh Allen on Josh Allen crime, and the Jaguars pulled one out, man. They pulled one out. A lot of upsets this week. Well, we're going to keep getting into it. Um, 
Well, I, I want to know like which one was your biggest upset. We'll talk about that. Because for me, I'm trying to figure out. I mean, if you, if, I think the biggest upset was the Bills. So, I mean, how? And I get it. You're at home. Are you? You were away. You're on the road. You're in Jack. But it's Jacksonville, man. It's Jacksonville. And they scored nine points. Jacksonville beat you with nine points. And then Tennessee without Derrick Henry. Now, Derrick Henry's in my fantasy league. I've had a lot of fantasy troubles this year. Um, that one being a big one. But they went in there to SoFi Stadium, man. They pulled out a win against the Rams. I think that's a statement. I think that's a statement win. And that's a win where, where the Titans are saying, yes, we locked Der- we lost Derrick Henry. Yes, Derrick Henry is, you know, the the premier part of our offense. He's, you know, he's the best part of the offense. He's a lot of their offense. Um, but they they played good. Now they had a big second quarter. They had 21 in the second quarter. You know, Ryan Tannehill, 80, you know, 80 quarterback rating, 9 for 27, 143, a pick and a touchdown, three sacks. That's my one thing with with that offensive line, man. I've seen early in the year, and it just so happened that I AJ Brown and Derrick Henry is my number one pick. Um, AJ Brown was the best receiver available when it came back around in my pick again. And then I picked Ryan Tannehill up in like the tenth round. So and I get it. I was like, yeah, Arthur Smith's leaving. But Ryan Tannehill threw for 4,000 yards last year. You know, A.J. Brown was on – had well over 1,000 yards last year. And Derrick Henry's best running back in the league. So I thought it was pretty solid. But then I'm talking about – I was watching Jets linebackers and Jets defensive personnel and some of these other people that should not be coming anywhere close to them are just getting free runs to Ryan Tannehill. And that offensive line looked terrible and – Derrick Henry couldn't get anything going, even against – I mean, the Cardinals defense completely blanked him the first game of the year. So, I was getting a little worried. But now they're sitting at 7-2. and two, And now you got to know that the Titans are for real. And the Titans – I mean, yes, again, we're still – this is before they lost Derrick Henry. But let's not forget, they beat the Colts already. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Colts again. They beat the Rams without Derrick Henry. Next game is against the Saints. If they can win this game against the Saints, then you got to start looking at them like they're like they're really real. If they can beat the Saints, because the Saints are a tough team. Now we'll be at home. The Saints got to come to them, but the Saints are a tough team with a tough defense. We'll see how that offense is going to look without Jameis. Obviously, with Trevor Simeon or or uh, Taysom Hill, it kind of hurts that offense, hinders that offense, and ultimately hinders the team a lot. Um, but they got a really good defense. So if, if I think if the Titans can pull out a, a win, especially a win where they win by, you know, 7, 10, 12, 14 points, I think that's when you start to look like, okay, Tennessee really, really is something here. And then you got the Texans. They're going to smash the Texans. The Patriots, it's a toss-up game. Uh, I think the Patriots probably beat them there uh, just because Bill Belichick's so so good at, at, at defensively scheming and, and knowing that they don't have Derrick Henry, they can kind of pack the box. Um or not, you know, they don't have to pack the box as much. They can, you know, we'll see how Julio Jones can come back and, and play. Um, but we all know Bill Belichick's going to shut down your number one player. And in this instance, you don't have Derrick Henry. That is currently AJ, AJ Brown. He's going to have a tough game that you, uh, that week, I think. And it's at, uh, at the Patriots. So they're, they're up in Foxborough. This can be a little rough for him. Um, but after that, you got the Jaguars again, another winnable game. Steelers, toss up game. Cause I think the Steelers are starting to play good. Even with Ben, Ben's playing good enough. You cringe every time you see him drop back. I was watching that game last night, and it was like every time he dropped back, I was just I, I tense up a little bit, you know. But he's playing well enough, and they're above five hundred, and we'll see what they can do. So that, that'll be a toss-up game. Then you got the Niners, the Dolphins, and the Texans. I mean, I think, I, I mean, I, I think in the next, you know, seven games or so, you're going to see Tennessee probably rack up four more wins. And now you're talking about, you know, an 11 and six team. They're going to take their division because the Colts aren't. And then you got Jacksonville and Houston, which are trash. So, I mean, they're, as long as they don't completely fall off the rails, they're going to be, you know, they're a player playoff team. Um, 
So yeah, I, if I had to say, I, I would go ahead and say, I think that Bills loss is just the that's the biggest the biggest loss of the weekend. Um, updated power rankings: Arizona sitting number one. Here we go. Tennessee jumped up eight spots. They say Tennessee is the number two team in the league by the power rankings. Now, then it's a little there's a little misconception there, right? Because the power rankings I think are different than who do you think the best team is, right? You got, so the power rankings right now, Arizona, number one, they were number two last week. Tennessee, number two, they were number eight last week. Green Bay was number two. They fell down one. Obviously, you lose a game, you lose. Aaron Rodgers is not there because Aaron Rodgers thinks that Aaron Rodgers is above everybody else, and Aaron Rodgers can do whatever Aaron Rodgers wants to do. Um, and he does his own thing, and you know he lies, to, and whatever. You know whether whether you're for or against vaccinations, I'm not here to get into that, right? Aaron Rodgers' actions were wrong. Aaron Rodgers again used a play on words to try to bend the rules, and he got caught. And I don't want to get too far off on a tangent on this, but I feel like Aaron Rodgers feel like he can do whatever he wants because he's Aaron Rodgers. And then I feel like nobody in the Packers staff, because apparently the Packers, everybody in the Packers knew, right? Everybody knew that he wasn't vaccinated, that he was immunized or immunized, immunized. That's what I'm looking for. Um, it was a play on words. And Aaron Rodgers thinks he can do what he wants because he's Aaron Rodgers and he thinks he's bigger and better than everybody else. And nobody with, with the threat of him, excuse me, walking out the door this previous offseason and all this stuff and all this talk, and everybody was just scared to be the one that pushed Aaron Rodgers out the door. Whether it was a media member, because that media member would never be able if the, if, if the if the beat reporters were to write and ask the tough questions that they should have been asking Aaron Rodgers, then they wouldn't be the one. If he decided to leave and 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 their name got thrown into being one of the ones and one of the reasons why, they're never going to get a job in, in Green Bay again. Now they got to move and all this crazy stuff. None of the coaches wanted to be the one, the reason that Aaron Rodgers left because they'd get fired. So nobody wanted to be the reason, that, you know, to make Aaron mad. You know, everybody's scared of Aaron, don't want to make Aaron mad. Man, well. We'll see what happens after that. So obviously, not knowing what his situation is going to be, if they suspend him for a couple of games, I mean that could be that could pretty be rough. Because I don't think that I don't think that Jordan Love just watching that game. I don't think he's going to get. He got him through the Chiefs. All right, they lost to the Chiefs. Right, they lost to the Chiefs. They scored seven points against the Chiefs defense, which is absolutely trash. I don't care that it was at Arrowhead either. At night, I don't care. I mean, I get it. It's the kid's first start, but. You've been in the league now a couple of years and been in the same system for a couple of years, and literally your only job has been to play scout team quarterback at times, but to mainly like learn the an offense and learn how to – and he just didn't – it just – it wasn't there. And I get it. You're not going to get a bunch of first-team reps. You're not getting all the first-team reps with Devontae Adams and, and all those guys to build that to build that chemistry. But it just didn't look good. You know, it just didn't look good. Uh, Rams sent a number four. Bucks, the Ravens, Dallas at seven, Bills at eight, Chargers nine, Cleveland rounding out the top ten. Um, shortly after that, Saints, Patriots, and then the Chiefs sitting at 13, up 15 spots. They're saying the Chiefs are better than the Steelers, better than the Broncos, the Bengals, the Raiders. Falcons, Colts. I did, I mean, on paper, maybe. They're five and four. Okay. They got a positive record. Are they better than the Steelers? They should be. Steelers got one less loss. Same amount of wins, one less loss. But they should be better than the Steelers. I think mean, that comes down to but the Steelers defense is playing way better than the Chiefs offense, but it comes down to the quarterbacks. That's what that comes down to. Patrick Mahomes is young and can ball out at any moment and, and, and Ben's just old and can't anymore. So that's all that is. Um, yeah, big things, man, shaking out in the NFL. I, I The Cardinals are really real. 
Kyler Murray, I mean, he might win. He might mess around with the MVP this year if he can come back and get healthy. They got to get healthy, though. They got to get Kyler Murray back. DeAndre Hopkins looks like they're both going to return. Um, they're coming up game. I think they got to buy this week, actually. No, they do not. No, they do not. Okay. They might have already had their buy. Um, we got the Panthers coming up. So that's definitely a winnable game. Definitely a winnable game. That defense is going to eat against the Panthers. The Bucks are back in action. The boys from the Bay. I mean, that's really the, the only team that anybody really wants to talk about, right? They got Tom Brady. I'm kidding. Um, now the Bucks back in action, man. Coming off a, a hard loss to the Saints. For whatever reason, man, the Saints just got our freaking number. I hate it. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, man, but the Saints just got our number. Daggum, the Saints got a number. But we're coming back. It's going to be at Washington. Team we beat before. Another winnable game. Um, this is going to be a game, though, where that Washington defense, right? I took them in fantasy this year um, because I thought they are going to be a lot better than they are. They just – they give up points. I mean, it, it's a weird thing because the defense, you would say, like on paper, should be good. They're just not. They're just not. So this is definitely a game that the Bucks, I think, should go in there and win. Um, and I think it's a game that the Bucks should go in there and win. I, I wouldn't say easy, right? Because there's no game in the NFL that I would say is easy. Because if you think a game is easy and you don't prepare and you prepare like the team is going to be easy, then next thing you know you get upset 9-6 to six like the Bills did. Um, because they thought they were going to go in there. They thought they were going to come down to Jacksonville. They thought they were going to play in some warm weather. They thought they were going to go in there and shellack them. But those are professionals on the other side of that football field and on that other sideline and on the other side of that uh, line of scrimmage. And they probably don't want to be embarrassed. So, you know, you got to prepare still. But it's definitely a game that the Bucks should go in and win. They're favored by nine and a half points away, right? It's a game that they should go in there and win. So we'll see if they do. Um, we got Leonard Fournette playing out of his mind. Tom Brady is playing – completely out of his mind. Some of the best football that he's ever played. And he's 44. Um, Godwin and Mike Evans. I, I need, we really need to get some of these guys healthy. You know, I'm, I'm really starting to get worried when you start looking and Antonio Brown's questionable to come back. Um, they say that as of yesterday uh, or today, um, uh, Rob Gronkowski was spotted at the portion of Tuesday's practice that was open in the media, but wasn't doing much other than tossing a football around. Um, he Antonio Brown's done a walking boot. So I don't really think that's going to be anything promising before Sunday. Um, Buccaneers designated Scotty Miller for return from injured reserve. So that's good news. It looks like he may be coming back. Um, Sean Murphy Bunting, my man, SMB23, uh, coming back off the injured reserve. So hopefully we can get those guys back and and get them, um, you know, back in the mix and get them healthy. I don't want I don't want them to jump out too early though, right? Because because I, I still think you know looking at the schedule, we got Washington coming up this weekend. Um, definitely a winnable game for us, right? We should be able to beat Washington. Um, and then after that, the Giants, a winnable game. The Colts, winnable game. Falcons, winnable game. So, right, even even as the team sits right now injured, those are all games that I would say the Bucks should go in and win as we sit. As we sit. Carson wins. The, the best team out of those four I think we're going to face is, is a, is a toss-up between the, the, the Colts and the Giants. And we got the Giants on Monday night. So... I don't foresee the Bucks dropping a Monday night or Brady dropping a Monday night football game versus the Giants at home. Um, happened before, not necessarily Brady, but the Bucks have definitely dropped winnable games at home on prime television. Trust me. Um, but that's a game that we should go in there and win too. So, and the Colts, I'm not worried about them. Our rush defense is so good that, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is a great back. He's going to be a factor, right? You got to prepare for him. He's still going to be a little bit of a factor, but I think we're going to handle Jonathan Taylor pretty, pretty well. Um, probably less than 60 yards, which gets us a W. We all know Carson Wentz is, is turnover prone. 
right? He hasn't thrown as many interceptions this year, but that can happen. And I think if we can start getting some pressure, we start putting that Buccaneers defense in, in Carson Wentz's face, he's going to throw some picks. He's going to fumble the ball. We're going to get some sacks. I don't think that offense is going to get much going, and um, I think we'll we'll pull that one out too, even at Indy. So I don't want to rush any of those guys back. You know what I mean? Because the last thing we need to do is bring you know SMB 23 back too early, and then he gets hurt again. Um, now, Carlton Davis uh, it, uh, progressing well, could return after the Buccaneers' week nine bye. Um, I think it's but still listed on the injured reserve and he hasn't had another update. That was as of the 31st of October. So now here we are coming off the week after the buy and, and there's no update on Carlton Davis. And I think that's another one we need back. You know, we just, we just got to get some of these guys back. So, uh, if we can get Carlton Davis back, if we can get SMB 23, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Rob Gronkowski, you know, get that crew back together, buddy, we're still, we're still a loaded team that's really, really hard to beat. That's, that's just what it is. I mean, you, you can only cover so many guys. You can only cover so many guys. And right now we got Leonard Fournette playing out of his mind. Chris Godwin is a number one receiver on most teams. On most, I would say he's a number one receiver on 20 teams maybe in the NFL. Right? We got Mike Evans, who's a number one receiver. We got Antonio Brown, who's resurging his career. Maybe that CTE getting cleared up after that Vontez Perfect hit. Um, and he's starting to play lights out. Brady's favorite target, right? Can't cover him. Then we're getting Gronk. And then we got, you know, it's like that you keep saying, and then we have, you know, and then you name another player. That's a solid player. Scotty Miller, go ahead and think that he's not a solid player and watch him take the top off your defense, you know. 15, 20 seconds before you go into a half of a playoff game to go up 21-7, Green Bay, right? Like, I mean, it's, it's that kind of thing that he can do, right? And Scotty Miller is a sure-handed – he's like a he's like Tom's Wes Welker, right? He's fast. He's fast. Lightning fast, sure-handed, can run routes. I mean, Tom Brady – you give Tom Brady three of those guys, he wins Super Bowls. So, I mean, now you give him – Oh, two legit number one receivers, Antonio Brown and a guy that can do that. Come on. And then, I mean, we got some of these young guys, Jadon Mickens and some of these other guys that are, that are, that are coming around. Tyler Johnson has made a couple of big plays over the last couple of weeks, stepping in for that Scotty Miller role. I mean, we got, we got talent all over. I worry about the defense a little bit, but again, you know, once we get, once we get those corners healthy again, I think Antoine Winfield Jr. is making a, has made a step up in his play. Uh, which is what you want to see. Um, I think Joe Tryon, the 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 young rookie that we got, playing great. You know, the times that he is getting in there, right, and the times that he is in the field, you're hearing his name be called, which is what you want, right? You want – like, you can't ask for much more. If you're getting your playing time and you're making most of your playing time, you're going out there and you're turn, you know creating havoc and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and getting a, a tackle for loss here – you know, chasing down the quarterback there, maybe getting a sack here and there. I mean, that's what you want, right? So that front – our front seven is out of this world, right? I think Richard Sherman, adding Richard Sherman into that cornerback's room is going to make a world of difference for those young guys because we got to remember, right, Jamel Dean, young. He's still a young corner. Ross Cockrell, young corner. Antoine Winfield, young safety. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting is even still a young corner. Carlton Davis is still a young corner. These guys are only like in their third, fourth years in the league, second, third, fourth years in the league. So with having that veteran presence of a Richard Sherman, a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, a future Hall of Famer, having that in your locker room and that veteran presence of being able to show these guys, hey, you know, this is, you know, this is what it is. This is, you know, this is some of the routes and this is some of the schemes that they're doing to beat you and whatever that, whatever those conversations may be. Right. I think that only is good. Right. I'm not worried about our linebackers. Levante David and, and Devin White, man, come off it. Come off it. Now we run a three, four. So technically Jason Pierre, Paul and Shaq Barrett are linebackers too. We have the best linebacking crew in the league. Don't talk to me about it. Devin White is the best, in my opinion, the best linebacker in the league. Yeah, there's a little bias there, but prove me wrong. Prove me wrong that Devin White isn't the best linebacker in the league right now. So, and then our front seven is just dirty. You don't want to see none of those dudes. So, I mean, it's, I mean, we've got, we get, 
Vitavea and Sue and Golston, and you got you know R and R, Raheem Nunez, Roches, and, and Steve McClendon. I mean, those we just got some players, man. We got some players. We got some football players on that team, and I love our coaching staff. I mean, for the first time in a long time over the last couple of years, I, I'm just I I love everything about this team. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Now, the one thing I do want to see, right, Buccaneers going forward. Um, I would love to see my man's. I, I really hope, right? I, I and don't I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way because I, I don't want this to come out the wrong way. I really hope that like I, I really think Bruce Arians, right? He got that ring. That was the one that was the one big hole in his career. Now he's got that ring, right? So I think with that, Bruce may be looking in the next couple of years, right? When this team starts to fall off a little bit, because eventually, as sad as it is, it's going to fall off a little bit. You're going to lose a couple guys here and there, maybe. But maybe, maybe Bruce Arians in the next year or two wants to step away, wants to ride off into the sunset, right? Recall it a, call it a career. It's been a great one. It's a Hall of Fame one, in my opinion, too. Um, even just the one Super Bowl. One, one. So, I just hope that they can look at Byron Leftwich and say, I, here's my, here's in a perfect world, right? I hope that, that uh, they can look at Byron Leftwich and say, hey, we want this to be your team after BA leaves and BA decides to ride off into the sunset. However long that may be. And I hope they're willing to pay him, you know, maybe not quite head coach money because you can't pay head coach money for two head, you know, not a non head coach, but you pay him, you know, top OC, one of the top OCs in the league to keep him around. Maybe he likes Tampa. Maybe he likes the no state taxes played in Jacksonville. You know, I don't know where he's from, but and then Byron can take over. You know what I mean? And, and then I hope that Kyle Trask is making the necessary improvements while he is got the time between having Brady as the lead guy. Right. Even if Brady's not that guy that is a teacher. Um if Brady's not that guy that's gonna that's gonna teach you all this stuff, right? Um he can still look at he can still watch, right? And you can still watch and learn and watch how Brady prepares or watch and ask questions of Brady about how you know, whatever that is. I, I just hope he can make that big jump. And then I really hope that Todd Bowles just says, I don't want to be a head coach no more. <clears throat> you know what I mean? I don't know what that, what that, you know, I just, you know, I hope he's just like, man, I like being a defensive coordinator and we pay him like a top defensive coordinator. And he likes the weather in Tampa. Like everybody likes the no state taxes thing in Tampa. Like most people do. And, you know, decides, Hey, let's just keep me and me and old Byron. You know, Byron be the, the 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 head coach, and I can run the defense, and whoever we bring in as an offensive coordinator, and let's go. So we can, uh, you know, that that's that's myself in a perfect world because I, I really do, man. And and there's the bias because I'm a Gator fan, which I don't even want to speak on the Gators right now. That is that is a team. We went from a handoff away from beating Bama to getting blown out by South Carolina. I don't know what happened in a matter of four weeks, four and a half, five weeks, but Lord have mercy. But yeah, I'm a little biased being a Gator fan, but I really do think Kyle Trask could be a really good quarterback in the league, right? He's got a strong arm. He's big. He can move. He's not a, a scrambler, but he can move when he needs to. And I mean, up until the last couple of games, the bowl game against Oklahoma, that was absolutely terrible. But look at the game against Alabama. Look at that SEC championship game against Alabama. Go watch that game. Go go watch the game, the first six games of the year or seven games of the year where the man threw for four or five touchdowns literally every game and set SEC records. Beat crushed most of Joe Burrow's records that he set the year before. And just and just wiped the floor with them. So 
I, I really hope I because I really think right Kyle Trask if Brady rides off in the sunset this year after this year after next year I really think Kyle can be the guy that steps into that into that role behind him and takes it over and, and can continue to be a Buccaneers the Buccaneers franchise quarterback for a long time going forward something that we really never have had right the longest standing quarterback that I can remember is maybe Dilfer. Dilfer and Sean King, maybe Jameis. Might be Jameis. So, you know, I just think he can be that quarterback that's with us for 10, 12, 13, 14 years. And, you know, he may, at the end of that, he may mess around and compile enough things to be a Hall of Fame consideration. I don't think he's that guy. He might be. You never know. I mean, I think he's got all the talent to do whatever he, whatever he could, wants to do in the NFL. It's just, is he going to do it? That's to be determined. We'll find out. But I think it's all there. So, and I, I do think with the Bucks, man, with the way Jason Light's been picking in his draft picks, I think that we're we're on pace, we're on par to be really good for a long time. Depending the bottom, don't fall out of this thing. Um, I think the Bucks are still, you know, obviously again bias here. The Bucks are still my my favorite to come out of the NFC. I am super worried about the the Cardinals though. Because I, I think one of the problems that can one of the things that can really pose a problem for the Buccaneers is the Cardinals. Because our even and I'm just gonna be real here, right? The defensive secondary paid uh, lights out at the end of the, the end of that Super Bowl run year last year. But historically, to begin the year last year, and it seemed like it clicked maybe middle of the way through the year. But again, still young secondary, but they can give up some yards and they can give up some some catches and they can get burnt here and there. And, and even, even SMB 23 has his problems now and again. And Carlton Davis can give up some stuff every now and again. And, and Jamel Dean can give up some stuff every now and again, where it's just weird plays where you're like, what were you doing or what were you thinking on that? And and that can happen. But I think with a team like Arizona, where you've got Kyler Murray that can scramble and make so many different plays like that and continue plays and, and can, extend plays to let get guys get open and you have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and you got a, a guy like Christian Kirk, which I think if you remember the last time played us had three touchdowns in the first half um, a few years ago. So like, you know, you've got a guy you, that's a scary team and that the way that defense can get after the quarterback can be scary because we know that we got to keep Brady upright and Brady can't move around very well. So we got to have a, a clean pocket. Now our offensive line, in my mind, is stout. I love them, top five offensive line in the league. But we got to make sure that we do that. You can't have an off game against the Cardinals, or you know that's a game that we could definitely lose. Definitely losing the playoffs. Another one is the Cowboys. I, I think even though that would be a high scoring game, I think you know that could just flip flop one way or another. The Rams, especially adding Von Miller, the Rams are scary. So. It's going to end up shaking out good. You know, it's going to be some good football going on, you know, down the end of the line and, and into the playoffs. We'll see how this whole thing shakes out. I, I don't think there's been much of a change as far as um, the standings and everything go with where I would say, even though the Bills dropped one to the, to the uh, Jaguars, they shouldn't have. I mean, they're still, in my mind, I would say, you know, you got your Chargers, Titans, Ravens, Bills are your your AFC divisional leaders. Um, I would still say, I mean, I really like the Chargers. Uh, if you had to, if you had to ask me, if you had to tell me to pick a team today, right now, today, to come out of the AFC, it'd be the Chargers, followed by the Bills and then the Ravens. So that would be my. I, I mean, the Patriots are, are sneaky. It's weird that they're one and four at home and four and zero on the road. Super odd there, but they're on a three-game winning streak. They're playing a little bit better. Uh, you know, I hope they're not good. I'm just tired of them being good, but we'll see. They're, I mean, the season ended today. They are maybe a playoff team. Um, And then you're – so, I mean, if you, like I said, if you had to ask me to pick a team today, uh, I think I'd pick the Chargers. Um, but like I said, the Ra- the Raiders got a lot of winnable games coming up. The Titans have a lot of winnable games coming up. I didn't look at the Ravens and the Bills' schedules, but 
you know, some of these teams could stack on some wins just because of favorable schedules. We'll see how it all shakes out. But if, again, if you had to ask me, and it's wild in a matter of a week and a half in the AFC North, the the, Rave, or the Bengals went from on top of the division to last in the division again, where they normally are, with a thirty uh, a plus thirty three point differential. They're five and four, bottom of the division, with a plus thirty three point differential. Sheesh. Anyhow, biggest point differential I think in football right now is the Bills. And the Cardinals. You know, the Cardinals with 122 and the Bills at 117. Waxing people until you run into Jacksonville. I'm kidding. Um, so, yeah, again, I think if you had to ask me to pick a team uh, to come out of the, the AFC, I think it's going to be the Chargers with Justin Herbert, the way he's playing, um, another MVP type caliber player. Uh, that offense is strong. I think that defense is going to come around and, and kind of tighten things up and get it right. Um, Anthony Lynn, I think will make sure that defense is going to get everything straight and get everything tight. Um, your, your NFC, your Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa, Arizona. Um, the NFC is where I think it's going to be the biggest shakeup because now you got Russell coming back. Let's say that, that Seattle messes around and signs OBJ, which I think that they should, depending on where he kind of falls. I don't know where they are on the waiver wire and, and how that, but if, if it gets down to them and OBJ is not claimed off waivers yet, Seattle better do it. And then, you know, that defense, I think it's still got some issues. They, I mean, they have a plus 12, you know, points differential. I don't know where their defense ranks as far as, you know, pro football focus or or anything like that. I mean, they're giving up 21 points a game. It's 24th in the league. They give up 100 yards a game on the ground. I mean, it, it's kind of tough, but when you yeah, when you look at it, that offense maybe Russ is is crazy good. I mean, it's just we'll we'll see how it all how it all shakes out. So, I mean, if that defense can come back and play well, and I mean the the, the Seahawks would be a team that that comes out there. Um. I just don't. I mean, you got the Rams and the Cardinals in that in that division. They're just going to be strong. That I mean, you're looking at Tampa's going to win the division. Green Bay is going to win the division. Dallas is going to win their division. Arizona is going to win their division. I think Arizona or the Rams, right? Then the other one is going to get the one wild card spot. The other wild card spot is going to be the one that's up for grabs. So the that's where Seattle could sneak in because right now you got the Falcons at four and four. Don't trust them. You got the, and then you got the Vikings at three and five, the Eagles at three and six. You got New Orleans at five and three. Again, losing Jameis, don't trust them. So it's right there. The Seahawks, I mean, at this point, when you're looking at it, can kind of almost control their own destiny with the problem is, is their schedule. I mean, you got Green Bay coming up this week, which without Aaron Rodgers, you got to go in there and win that game. It's at Lambeau, but you got to go in there and win that game. That gets you to four and five. After that, it's the Cardinals, Washington, 49ers, Texans, Rams, Bears, Lions, Cardinals. You still got to play the Cardinals twice. I, I just, I, I know that division beats each other up, but you still got to play the Cardinals twice, the Rams once. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they control their own, they control their own destiny, but you got to see what they do. Right, it's it's at that point, it's nut up or shut up. It's either you're going to do it, you're going to prove that you're a playoff team, or you aren't. And that's all that's going to shake out to. And if they don't do it, then the next team I think will do it might be Atlanta. It might be Atlanta. I don't trust Atlanta, but it might be Atlanta. I just I believe in Arthur Smith, so I mean I would think maybe Atlanta. Because ultimately, I think New Orleans is going to drop a few games. They've still got some tough games. They got the the Titans coming up. They're at the Titans at the Eagles. Both tough games. Eagles with that good defense, but I think New Orleans should win that game. That would probably be they may favor the Eagles by three just because they're at home. But then they got the Bills, the Cowboys, the Bucks, the Panthers one more time. I mean, whew. that's just a, a little bit of a tough schedule and and not having a, a true starter, I think, out there is gonna hurt you. So 
you know, I think, I think the, uh, yeah, I mean, that would be my, that would be my playoff teams, right? It, it's, it, it's going to be, if I think I just set the playoffs for today, which is what I've seen from today, Bills, Ravens, Titans, Chargers, Raiders, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Could be like you knew either one of them. I feel like any one of those teams from the AFC North could come out. And then uh, in the West, Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa, Arizona, the Rams. And then, hell, man, I'm going to say Atlanta. Maybe Atlanta just rides a, a thing off the Super Bowl and can get to the playoffs and get bounced in the first round, but at least they get to them, right? So I think that's where I'm going to end it for today, guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys for coming by. It was a little bit of a longer one just because I missed you. I got to talk, and I'm feeling good. Um, again, socials are up. I know we're not we're not posting a whole lot as of yet. We're still got some things going on. I got to you know, beg my my marketing genius wife to make me a little thumb thumbnail and things like that so we're gonna have some of that stuff coming up i'm gonna mess with some stuff hopefully we can get some intros and outros and and make just kind of a, a more a mo better show right but again appreciate you for being here uh love you guys tell somebody else you love them be safe be easy love y'all bye